Welcome to yet another edition of Sharing Socks and almost ready for the real season coming up edition. I am Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen with me, my son and West Coast correspondent Will, who has behind him a picture of, and I think this is really good, of Aloy and Luis. Uh, looks like they're coming in from the outfield. And I think notably, they did not run into each other. This is very important. Uh, Aloy is look, like he's even pulling in his elbow so he doesn't crush uh, Luis during the process of that. Uh, so good health to everybody, we hope, because we're going to need it. Uh, I would like to start out uh, this show, uh, and well, I'm sure you'll join me uh, in an apology. Uh, normally, people who do this kind of podcast on this on this site are White Sox fans, and we apparently are not. Mm. I had thought I was a White Sox fan since I first moved to Chicago in 1971. Willett thought he was a White Sox fan since birth. Uh, we got all the White Sox gear. You can see. Uh, we go to a lot of games. We go to a lot of games. A lot of games. Uh, watch everything on TV and, and, and other things in person. We can. And we just thought we were White Sox fans. But according to the Hall of Fame baseball person, uh, we aren't because we were hoping for an upgrade in right field that was not an internal solution. And um, and I think we need to extend, I, I, I call them the, always call them the HOFVP, but I think uh, maybe the uh, OJ, obnoxious jerk Hall of Fame baseball person. There, there are variations. Uh, we'll try not to get into naughty words because I understand Brett has to, clarify that when it gets posted and we, we don't want that to happen but a lot of naughty words would be available anyhow he, he said if you want to, to go outside for your solutions uh you're not a white Sox fan and so well i'm i'm glad we're having this talk and i think it's really important for people like us people who are huge icons in the public eye you know you and i are both absolutely indisputably public figures at this point from this podcast oh, sure. And, you know, obviously there's been some high profile apologizing this week uh, or, or some lack of, you know, depending on whatever side you take. And I think it's just really big of you to uh, apologize because I, too, uh, am realizing now that I'm not a White Sox fan. You know, these uh, this hat, which I have 50 options of, you know, all those tickets. The, you know, this podcast, this podcast we do, we've done, what, 65 episodes or something, and we were doing it the whole time as non-fans, and I think we do need to it's apologize, wrong. because despite this marquee signing of a, a right fielder, which, by the way, was an outside hire, uh, so apparently we were correct, and Reinsdorf and Hahn are also not White Sox fans, uh, but, you know, uh, I really should have been looking for a, a solid right fielder and, and Gavin Sheets. Uh, that, that's what we should have been hoping for this whole time. So uh, that being said, we got to try to figure out a team that we do want to root for because we clearly don't cheer for this team. You know, the MLB TV package where I watch, you know, 160 of the 162 games, I'm not a real fan. I'm not a real fan. That's that's not what you do. So my deepest, most sincere apologies to Tony, to the entire White Sox community. Um, we re- we really blew it. 
We blew it, Geezer. We blew it, and we're not afraid to say that. Look at this. Look at this. Two guys not afraid to apologize for their horrific wrongdoing. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. Thanks for mentioning that. Meanwhile, uh, of course, the one outside move that we were against, which made us White Sox fans, was bringing in the Hall of Famer baseball person. But... uh, and that was from outside, although I guess it could be inside since he'd been with the team 40 years before. I'm not sure exactly how, how that scores out. But we do have an outsider, Adam Hazley, I think I'm saying his name right, brought in from the Phillies uh, for a minor league pitcher. And Hazley's kind of interesting. He was, an, he was a first-round draft choice, I think number eight in 2016. Seven, I think. I think seven. seven. Way toward the top there. Um, went through the minors, had a pretty decent rookie season in 2019. And then has just been zilch 2020-2021, not only not hitting at all, but um, negative D-war. We're supposed to be trying to get guys who can catch out there, which when I saw videos of him dropping routine fly balls, kind of embarrassing. Uh, he's had injury problems. He's had mental health problems. Um which may be the rover, and we hope that he's really going to be a real thing and uh, stick with the team, um, maybe come up to uh, the majors at some point. I saw a prediction of the opening 28 members and then from CBS, and they're predicting Adolfo will be uh, in the major leagues, which is interesting because then he has to stay in the major leagues because he is out of options. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I think... One, I do think Adolfo is going to be in the major leagues, and I think he's going to stay in the major leagues. Um, I'm not sure if he should be, but I I think that's probably where it will end up. Hazley is kind of interesting, and I know that no one else thinks so, really. However, this could be a scenario where change of scenery and change of staff does matter. It could. And, The reason I say that is he's coming from Philadelphia as a right fielder, right? Well, Philadelphia... They they seem to have one. They got a pretty famous right fielder. So you know that there's no way you're ever going to play your position. There's there's virtually, outside of injury, you're never playing right field for the Philadelphia Phillies. I think he was drafted and, and meant to be a center fielder, really. Although he's played all three. Okay, well, I mean, it's it's rare to you know center fielders are a, a whole different breed all on their own you know that the two most athletic people on the field at any given time are the center fielder and the shortstop so coming to the big supposed to be a center fielder and that not working out is not horribly surprising to me in in any way um you know as coming to the white Sox, you're talking about who could play center field and if your options are luis robert and and Adam Hazley, obviously Hazley's never getting a single game in center field. But I do think that what could happen is we could see him kind of bounce back a little bit. And I don't know that that's true, and I'm not necessarily predicting that that's going to happen. I, if, it, if it happens, I will also be shocked and amazed. Uh, but I'm, I'm not, just considering we didn't pay anything for him, really, I don't hate this attempt. If we had given a lot of money to sign this guy, if we had given him an Adam Eaton contract or something, I would have been livid. But for the price that he was, 
I think this is an interesting experiment. Oh, yeah, it, it's it's a no harm, no foul. Yeah. Basically. And and it's if he doesn't necessary. work out, they they picked up. Uh, we're recording on Wednesday uh, before Wednesday's game. Some guy named Mark Payton, who is from Orland Park, so he's a good Chicago boy, a Chicago oh. area boy. Uh, and he has kicked around the minor leagues forever. I think he's 30 years old. Uh, many teams, but again, a left-handed hitting outfielder. They'll toss him. I don't know if he even makes Charlotte, but he'll be he'll be somewhere in the minor leagues. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think the hazy thing's horrible, except that it means you're not doing anything else. That, right, but also we kind of knew that, right? So yes. our our options were essentially they're going to do nothing at all, or they're going to do something under exciting. <laughs> under exciting, I think I just coined that. And uh, but I will say I think the ceiling is high on Hayley. Do I think? Again, I'm not predicting he'll get to that ceiling, but I think the ceiling's high. I mean, as you mentioned before, this guy's taken in the seventh overall pick just a couple of years ago. He's only 25. So there's a lot of room left for this guy to get better under new coaching, get better in an organization where he really does have a shot of making the team and playing right field. It's well, not, also, again, also likely. He- Looked like he's dropping the routine. The video I saw him it was just ridiculous. Phillies fans are cruel. White Sox fans aren't really. We're we're pretty. Oh, of course, you and I aren't White Sox fans, but I'll speak of the ones that I've met. Um, White Sox fans are really pretty easy. I mean, there's a point where you know there's the Adam Eaton point where you're, you're at least mentally throwing things out of the stands at. Which brings us to the point that there's not going to be a goose island anymore in, in right field now that Miller has the contract for the whole park. I, I think, frankly, that's a step down. I'm not a beer drinker, but I think that's a serious step down. Well, um, of course it is, but also, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't I, care. But... <laughs> I've seen a lot of outrage about this beer change, and uh, I'll be honest. You're paying 12 bucks for crap no matter where it's coming from. So you'll get over that. No, but I agree with you. And that's another reason I think that the change of scenery could be big is Philly's fans are notoriously ruthless and awful. And, you know, he's not a he's not a kid at 25 years old, but he was 22 when he came up and there's no telling how that's going to affect people. And I don't think it's a player's fault if it does affect you. I think coming to the White Sox, where the fan base, you know, while they're doubting him online right now, I'm sure, you come out and you have an okay day. You string together a couple good games early on, and we're usually on board with that. I mean, look at the Yermin apologists. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I realize he, Adam's not putting together what Yermin put together to open that season. But White Sox fans, we don't hold our opinions. Well, some do. There's a whole sector of people that still say Mankata sucks, which I'm not going to go off on them right now. But I do think that if this guy can come in and, and the change of scenery and the, the change of staff and, and also teammates, I mean, he's coming into the clubhouse that has a great energy outside of the leader. And I only mean leader in the, the hierarchical term, obviously. Tim that's Anderson. players, yeah. <laughs> Tim Anderson, Jose Breu are the leaders of this team. And that's as good as it gets in terms of clubhouse mentality. 
It doesn't get better than Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson. Those guys love the game. They love the team. They love getting better at baseball. They're motivated by the success of the other guys on the team. When it comes to dropping some routine fly balls, yes, that's cringeworthy. But we also have to remember that we watched Luis Roberts start the season (laughs) with maybe the worst head doink fly ball moment I've ever seen from a gold glover. Uh, It was absurd. But we weren't online saying, oh, Luis Roberts, trash now, Um, which Phillies fans probably would have done that. And yes, that's right, Phillies fans. I'm calling you out, even though I'm a fan of no one, and I could be joining your ranks soon uh, if you convince me. But I'm I'm kind of intrigued by the Adam Hazley thing. Again, it, it, I am, and, and you have been too. Of course, we thought we were uh, big fans of uh, Adam Engel, and even though he's on the White Sox, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Engel's been very strange. Of course. Early on, he couldn't hit right-handers at all, and it lefties quite well. 2020, in the short season, he hit everybody. He hit around 300 both ways. Last year, he had huge reverse splits. So I don't know that you want a left-handed hitter to switch off with that angle. But he, that way, it, this guy's obviously a better fielder than, than Gavin Sheets or uh, Andrew Bone would be. Those two guys, not, not to blast them, they're just not outfielders. Right, um, but I guess I could listen because I'm not a White Sox fan. But anyhow, and, and also you have to take into account that right field is not left field. You know, left field in the big leagues is where you can hide someone. So Andrew Vaughn being decent in left field does not compute, does not equate to being a good right fielder. The right fielder has to have the best arm on the whole field. So you're talking about someone who needs to be able to catch a lot of really difficult balls to catch. Um, it's, a, it's a much harder position than left field, than playing the right-handed pole side and having the short throw to third base from left field. I'm obviously not saying left field in the pros is easy, but Manny Ramirez played out there for a long time. So the people who are saying, well, it can be Vaughn and Sheets, I think, yes. Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets and Eloy can take turns playing left field and everyone it stays and, DH. and right. But I mean, you know, while they're DHing and the other ones in left field, I'm never gonna be super concerned about that, other than the fact that they're not that great. And we know that. Right field though is a whole other thing. Right field is a, a, a I've played them both. Right field is a much harder position overall. You have much more uh, responsibility. You need to be considered, your arm truly needs to be considered a threat, um, which is, you know, part of the reason in Philly why Bryce Harper was always going to play right field. is He's got a cannon. So uh, I'm interested to see what happens in right. I don't think we have a right fielder on this team except Eaton. Uh, not Eaton, sorry, Angle. Got my Adam Smith. Oh, what a non-fan thing. Of course, they went outside. They went outside the, the system to get him. Although he'd been right. outside before. <laughs> um, yeah, hmm. I see a pattern here. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I hope it goes well. I don't have high hopes. But welcome to the White Sox, Paisley. We needed another Adam outfielder, and our dreams came true. The the reason I'm not as high on angle, and it has 
honestly nothing to do with offense at this point. I'm not really worried about our offense overall. I, I think runs are going to be there. So it's really defense and pitching. Uh, Adam Engel just seems like, and I hope I'm wrong, Adam Engel. I know you listen to the podcast every week. I hope I'm wrong, but the injuries just seem like they're here to stay. And I, I know they're not career-ending types of injuries, but we are now getting to the point where Adam Engel is going down with injuries almost every time he plays the game. And that is a really, really tough thing to rely on. I mean, if you're looking at a 162-game season, I personally don't trust that we'll have Adam Engel for more than 60 of those games. So you really need a, a, another possible option out there. And I hope Adam Hazley is that option. Uh, that being said, we should take our break and uh, come back and talk about other things that non-fans like to talk about. Uh, so we will be right back on Sharing Socks. All right, welcome back to Sharing Socks. We uh, talked about some of our new personnel, um, which leads me to uh, my next thing that we still have not really bothered with a backup catcher. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the CBS thing was predicting it, it would be Sebi. Yeah. Um, well, and I know they're thinking that Sebi could clear waivers. Uh, it could be Sebi. I, I, I don't know. I don't want any of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want them on the field. No, they, they look very good. I, I thought they looked very good in Charlotte uniforms. Very, 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 very sleek. The gold and the black. Oh, it just looks so good on those guys. Yeah. yeah well, I say, I, before, before we totally leave right field, obviously Michael Conforto is what all those people pretending to be fans want, but it's not going to be. But Conforto thing is really weird. I mean, he's just disappeared. There, there are no rumors out there with anybody. Uh, and if, if somebody starts rumors just because they started it, it's not like the Phillies say they, they, they've touched base with Conforto. No, it's just some guy goes, well, it'd be nice if uh, the Rangers got Conforto. That's, you know, we can all make that kind of stuff up. Um, it's just gone. I also believe he's, he's a non-vaxxer, an anti-vaxxer, I guess. I believe that anybody who's not vaxxed, and that includes... Baez, includes Judge, they should be gone. If, if you are a member of a team sport and you don't get a vaccination, you are not a member of a team. You should just be gone. And I think that would solve the problem because they don't get vaxxed. Yeah, and I mean, I I obviously agree with that in spirit. I I don't know if that should be an enforceable thing. However... For me, it drives me more crazy the reasons that they're not, which is the whole I did my own research crap, where apparently, you know, Comporto, Baez, and Judge have have their own laboratory somewhere in which they are working on these things and developing vaccines, and they know better than the scientists. Everybody uh, needs an off-season job. Right. So that's what they do. They run a, uh, a sophisticated scientific research facility. I... It could be the Vax thing that's keeping Conforto out. However, I feel like we would know that. And you're right. He has completely disappeared. So, because he's currently just not playing for anyone, right? Like, he is an unrestricted free agent. So, 
he is just doing nothing right now. And we are. Well, he is restricted. He, he does carry the uh, uh, draft choice. Okay, but still, you know, it makes yeah. no sense. He could go anywhere. Have, for him to have dropped off like this, I I would assume there's something going on here that we just don't know and have not even yeah. touched on. Just because if it's the Vax thing, yeah, okay, that could be a thing, but surely there are other players in this offseason who are not Vax to have been signed. You know, well, it's biased just, for starters, at least he wasn't at the time. Right. And so I am really at a loss for what is going on with Comforto. It could be they're hiding an injury. Uh, it could be he's taken some physicals that have not gone well. It could be that he has COVID right now. Uh, I I have no idea what it could be, but it is, you're right. It is really strange. And it's possible that, well, no. The reason the White Sox didn't sign Comforto is because they were never going to sign anybody. But yeah. but you look at this Adam Paisley thing, and it definitely does seem a little bit more like, oh, the, the teams don't even know what the hell this guy's up to or what he's doing. Because it, it, clearly the White Sox either have no interest or think there's no way they're giving Comforto based on, on – the moves. Uh, yeah, I, I, Hazley is a sign. They've just totally gone out. And I'm, I'm sure we're seeing those signs at, at other teams that you and I might be fans of. I, I, I don't know. Let's, let's move on. We got spring training. Uh, this is, we're doing this Wednesday at noon. Uh, Dylan Cease is going to have his second start Wednesday afternoon. I'm worried about Michael Kopech. Yeah. Kopech pitched four or five days ago, two innings of batting practice. They said he was going to start this week. Not so far. And Kopech himself said, I was just reading it. He was saying, I was fighting with tiredness in two innings of batting practice from a guy who has not pitched much and therefore is a worry in that direction. We're depending an awful lot on Michael Kopech. And I love Michael Kopech. And I hope he's, even though I'm not a White Sox fan, I love Michael <laughs> Kopech. And I hope he's tremendously successful i think he's great i think he can be the best of them all uh before it's over but it doesn't it sounds like something of course he had uh covid over the off season um yeah i think people, thing. I, I think people really discount uh this concept of long covid i, I mean i've been sort of preaching it on this podcast in terms of mancata for a while because I, I was, you know, through all last season, I was saying, this guy still doesn't have his legs back. He he just doesn't. And so much oxygen is pumping through your legs at all times, especially when you're activating those quads, hamstrings. You know, those are big muscles. And the big muscles require the most oxygen. They require more oxygen than anything else. And pitchers use those hamstrings, use those quads, I mean, that is why that ball moves as fast as it does. It is not about just the arm. It is about the leg. And I think legs are the things that are really affecting people the most in this this long COVID. And, and uh, I mean, I'm not a scientist. I'm not Aaron Judge. I'm not Michael Conforto. I'm not Javi Baez. I don't have my own lab. I'm not sure how this all works. And I'm not a White Sox fan, so I could be speaking out of turn. But... I think it could have something to do with that. I hope, honestly, I hope that it is that. 
because my bigger concern is that it's a much more serious thing. I, I think even with long COVID being long COVID, there is like a, a way to manage that over time and get back to health. Again, that's speculating, but it does seem that way based on the athletes I've seen who've been battling it. So I do expect Moncada to come back pretty, pretty well this year. But Kopech, one, who, who has a history of being hurt all of the time, uh, has, you know, it's tough to say that the, the mental health thing is playing too much of a part in a batting practice session where you feel tired. But we know that that's been something he struggled with. Uh, it's unlikely, but whatever. And so my concern is just that this is something bigger that we're not hearing about and it's a, a, a type of injury that is more serious, a type of health concern that's more serious. But the fact that we're not seeing him at this point, I mean, I don't think he's definitely not a starter. So we've also seen we've also seen very little of Lance Lynn. I mean we've seen very little of everybody because the pitchers didn't have their two week head start on the batters and, and they're really just rounding into shape. But uh, Lynn, I guess, pitched a B game. Unfortunately, we don't get B game stats anywhere. Uh, they don't compile with those. So his ERA at the moment is 10-13. Um, other pitchers, of course, Keichel has had one good, one bad. Giolito's been great. Uh, Velasquez, why do we have him? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's had a nice three innings. He's going to pitch again this afternoon. We hope he has another one. Bummer's been absolutely great. Uh, Crochet was getting raised about how incredible he is, and then he got bombed. <laughs> next yeah. morning, that's spring training. Um, but uh, Graveman is five strikeouts and two innings. You know, he's been fine. Hendricks has walked more guys this spring training than the last three years. <laughs> but yeah, my, my guess I, is I think he's working on something. I, I, I think he's, he's working on a third pitch. pitch. It, it has yeah. to be a, a new pitch. I mean, there's Kimbrel is, is useless. Makes no sense expected. otherwise. Yeah. Uh, but on the hitting side, Mike Rodolfo is one of the weirdest things. He's hitting 500 and crushing the ball. He's got an ops of 1.9. But, but striking the other out 500 at, are all right? strikeouts. 14 at bat, seven strikeouts. That was true. Hits. That was true a week ago when we were doing this, and it stays <laughs> true today. Uh, I mean, that that to me is a sign that he's going to get up to the show and get schooled at the plate. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that, it, 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 it may be that he goes out on waivers and gets picked up by the Pirates or somebody. If he yeah. goes on waivers, somebody's going to take him. I, I, I don't think he'll go through. Absolutely. That. Absolutely. Uh, Aloy is hitting a ton, which is great because he did not have a good year last year. Tim is hitting a ton, which is just expected. Uh uh, Nick Chiapo, it's two for five. That's that's our number seven backup catcher dumped by Baltimore. Vaughn's hitting great. Guandal, um, Harrison, Jose, uh, Zavala and Collins, Moncada, not hitting well, but you know, very small sample size, and you don't know what they're doing or how they're doing. There's nothing to go on. But initially, it's, it's coming. Come on, guys, for them. Let, let's go. But uh, it's yeah. It's I, I mean, spring training offensive stats are pretty useless. There, you just never know who's going to start hot and who's not. And you know, to me, if you're hitting 500 this early, it says more to me about the quality of the pitching versus you know you just 
Absolutely. When we just rattle off these numbers, we don't know whether these were versus major league or minor league pitching. I know there's a site you can go to and they will read out what percentage of being a major leaguer you faced, but I'm too lazy to go through that. And I think I, you know, I I have no concerns about the offense. I really don't. These guys are so, they're so animated. They're so into the game. They love to hit. They love the big hit. They love big moments. They love guys on base. I think it's, I think they're going to be fine. I think Adolfo is an illusion. Um, You know, he'll probably start on the, the big league squad and you know he's hitting 500 right now he's had some some good hits but there's a big difference between facing even of even a pro starter there's a big difference between facing them the first couple weeks of spring training and then facing you know garrett cole and yankee stadium and it's it's definitely a, a totally different ball game the pitching is the biggest concern for me and honestly even pitching performance I don't care as much about in spring training with Liam Hendricks, you know, he's obviously working on something and it's not working, whatever it is, you know, hopefully whatever it is he's working on does start to work. That would be great. But if it doesn't, we know we still have a good pitcher in Liam Hendricks. The big concern is the guys who aren't pitching and that's Kopech. Lynn is a little less of a concern for me because Lance Lynn seems like a guy who doesn't even do spring training and pounds five Brocks and a couple Miller lights before pitching his first game of the season and strike and, you know, absolutely dominate. No, no, no. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I don't think it'd be a Miller light. I do not believe he would go for a light beer. Oh, no, you're right. But I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. So, <laughs> uh, but Kopech is, I mean, what, whatever the heck is going on there, it's a big, it's a big issue because we do not have a starter to – go in his spot really we don't have someone oh, it'd be lopez i guess or velasquez which is like what we're still saying we're still saying lopez's name in this mix and velasquez is can't possibly be a major league baseball player but the copex thing is is far and away for me the biggest concern the relievers are looking pretty good and they're pitching uh but we need Kopech, who I agree actually has the best natural stuff of any of them. I think Kopech has the best skill set of any of them. But if he is not healthy and it is serious, then it's going to be really, really hard for this team to go as far as we hope they can go. Um, was I was shocked in terms of pitching to see the Twins take Chris Archer and you know, kind of wondering why we didn't take a shot at Chris Archer. Not that instead of Velasquez, he was cheaper. He was a little cheaper than Velasquez. Yeah, and and obviously Chris Archer has not been that that Chris Archer that we saw in Tampa a few years back. But there's an upside there that's interesting at least. I I see no upside to Velasquez. That that signing made no sense to me. Now we've got Archer on the Twins. So if Archer does have sort of a renaissance. Uh, it's going to be at our expense, which I'm really thrilled to hear about. And uh, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm starting to get upset, which is the sign that I am a fan and I need to calm down because I'm not. Um, we should probably start wrapping things up for today. Do you have anything else you wanted to touch on before we say goodbye? Uh, uh, next time we speak, it will be on the cusp 
of the the season. It'll be the day before opening day. And the way the weather has been up here, it'll be in Detroit, but I'm sure they share our general weather patterns. I would suggest for Detroit fans, parkas would be <laughs> an excellent choice for attendance. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a cold something March. Something heavier if you've got it. Something heavier yeah. if you've got it. And I know Tigers fans, they listen to this podcast pretty religiously. Oh, yeah. oh so, and, and the Hall of Famer baseball person, uh, just to be the total jerk that he is, isn't saying who's the opening day pitcher. Uh, <laughs> you know. But what an idiot. I would say, given history, given that it's Detroit, that Dylan Cease should pitch the first three games. <laughs> yeah, and the then give them, give, them, give them a month off till they play the Tigers again. You would have to because if you threw Dylan Cease three games in a row, that's 950 pitches. <laughs> that's 950 pitches, and weirdly, only six total innings across all three games. So you can't do that. Um, it, I mean, it's got to be Giolito, right? <laughs> It just has to be. What are we doing? Are you, are we talking about demoting the guy after last year and after looking incredible? This is it's you know Larusa crap, the usual. Um, I'm excited for opening day. I I will not be attending an opening day. I don't think uh, I'm seeing the second game uh, at Dodger Stadium against the Reds. Uh, the reason being I I in. In lieu of attending opening day, I'm going to go to the second game, which is the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson's first oh, game. Uh, and I think that is going to be a pretty special day in Dodger Stadium. So I, I wanted to be there for, for that one instead. But, yes, we will, be, we will be on opening day eve next week when we do this. So we will have all of our pitching matchups except the White Sox. I'm sure they'll keep the question mark <laughs> until Velasquez gets the start at the last second. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for this week. Thank you all for tuning in. We are almost there. A season we thought possibly wouldn't even happen, and we are getting close to opening day. For all you baseball fans out there, this is as exciting as it gets until October. And for all you non-fans like me and the geezer, uh, Severance on Apple TV Plus is really, really excellent. So enjoy. And we'll see you next time on Sharing Socks.